Welcome to the Courage 1000 Project, where each week we bring you inspiring stories from courageous individuals about the moments and experiences that have shaped their lives. I'm your host, Melies the Story Collector, author, speaker, trainer, facilitator, videographer, award-winning photographer and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help deep-feeling women reclaim their confidence, joy and purpose in life from a world that overwhelms their hearts, minds and souls. And this journey... It starts with courage. You see, after a lifelong struggle with my own identity, I discovered the core principle to reclaiming your life was courage. And it made me curious. Were there others like me? Were there others who had reclaimed their life through the secret of courage? What was courage for them? What did it look like? And where were their stories? And with that, the Courage 1000 Project was born. We're digging up the archives and bringing to you season one of the Courage 1000 project. Originally a web TV show and now available across all your favorite platforms. Let's get into it. Welcome to Melius the Story Collector Web TV, where each week we bring you inspiring stories from courageous individuals about the moments and experiences that have shaped their lives. In this episode, we're talking with the gorgeous Leanne about her call to adventure and how she had to overcome her own limitations in order to heed that call. I suppose if I, I talk about my story, it's, you know, it started more than 10 years ago and you know, I had to find the courage to actually step up for a change. You know, because I, I found, you know, most of the time up until I was 40, I was hiding myself away and I didn't seem to have a voice. And I, you know, I was just, and I had such a sad life. So I suppose, you know, I was going through a really bad time and I thought, no, nah. when I started to change everything, I really thought, wow, if I can do it, you know, there's got to be other women that have been going through the same sort of things. So, you know, I can probably get it out there and get that message across to people that they can change their lives. It doesn't have to be a sad life. You don't have to go down that deep, dark hole. There's help there. There's people there that want to help you. And because I've been there, I, that's why I thought I really wanted to share the story of how I did it and how I was able to, you know, find that courage to actually get going and start looking at what was really holding me back. So where did it start then? When, when did you first notice that things were holding you back? I suppose most of my life, I always felt that I always felt a little bit different. Going through school, I was the shy one. I'm very introverted. So I don't often, you know, go to the big parties and do all that fun stuff. They were, people thought I was very serious and that. I thought I was partying on the inside. They just couldn't see it, you know. <laughs> but I couldn't show that. And I had sort of upbringing where you don't show all your emotions. You don't speak up and be different and, you know, draw attention to yourself so that just kept carrying on and then I married a man who I thought was great he supported me and he was wonderful but when I started to grow I felt like I was being held back because I just started to find out who I was and, and so I went through a lot I had a daughter and everything yeah yeah so I um you know I just went through that stage where I thought okay who am I I don't really love my job it was a job. It was great. It was secure. My parents loved that I had that job <laughs> in government. You know, who wouldn't want that job? Well, me, because I couldn't find out who I was. And then when I started working on myself and I went through that whole, you know, I had put on weight and I was losing weight and that sort of stuff. So that was like the start of the journey, but there was so much more from there. So that's when I thought I nearly hit 40 and I thought, okay, what am I going to do for my 40s? And I stood on top of this mountain 
And on top of this mountain, there's a photo of me that I've got my arms up in the air like this. And it's this beautiful backdrop. And it was just like an aha moment when I thought, wow, I have changed my life around. I'm standing up for things I've never thought I would. And I've actually got a voice now. What can I do? And I thought, I can help others do it. So that's sort of how the little bit of a journey came to of, you know, where I started, you know, being the person I really was. Wow. That's been a huge journey for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been massive because you, you really got to start doing a lot of inner work because there's things holding you back. And what I've learned is that there's so much that happens when you're a child that you actually keep taking into adulthood. And it really does hold you back if you don't look at it. And I was the, the typical ostrich head in the sand. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to go there. You know, I just thought, no, nah, I can't do it. It's too scary a place to go. But when you start looking at it and you start unraveling all the things that have happened to you and the meanings you've taken away from different events and, and just learn, you start to get a lot stronger and you start to realise that you're, you're a different person. You don't have to be what society dictates. You don't have to be what your parents dictate. You can actually find out who you really are. But, I mean, that takes courage to go inside because I know for a long time I avoided that. I call it your cave within. Yes. So it's like this deep, dark space. And whenever something happens in your life, you hide things in there because you don't want to face it. Mm. And then you come to this point where, oh, hang on a second, I need to face these things. And then you retreat into your cave. But from the sounds of it, you found your light again, standing on top of that mountain. Like that imagery is just amazing. I know. And I actually use that photo quite a bit now. It's just amazing. Like a little snapshot that my partner took of me up there on this, you know, huge rock with these mountains behind me. It was just gorgeous, but it just meant so much because it was just that moment. And as you say, that light seemed to come down. And even now I get goosebumps when I look at it thinking of how I felt. And it was, it's so important to get the emotions and feelings into things because that's what's going to move you along. Yeah. Instead of, you know, holding yourself back, I used to stuff those emotions down and go, no, no, can't have them, you know, can't have, you've got to have that mask that everyone thinks that you're this person who's strong and can get by. And I used to, a lot of people would say, oh, you're so strong and you never cry. And I thought, in the end, I thought, that's not a good thing because <laughs> I'm not showing anything. <laughs> and I wasn't making deep connections with anybody. Mm. And when I found out that, you know, emotions are so strong, I have just deepened the connections with people. I can immediately, you know, gain rapport with people I just because I just love them. I love being curious about who people are and just making that deep connection. No wonder we connected everything you just said is just like a reflection of myself I love this <laughs> so how do you help people then how do you take what you've experienced and now helping others find that light within themselves again well what I did for a long time I started okay I'll go on a personal journey development journey myself and I thought okay this is great all right I'll start helping others one-to-one -one. and I'm thinking okay but this is slow what can I do and I thought Mm, I think there's a book in here somewhere. So speaking of books, I'll just show you. I wrote this book called Balance, which is so exciting because it's, a lot of my story is actually intertwined in it and it's sharing with people what I went through at different stages and how the different tools and strategies and things I did to actually move on. So I thought, well, okay, the book's going to get to a lot more people and it's actually given me a lot more um, opportunities by going out to speaking gigs and networking events and saying, oh, hey, I've got this book. It's got such a strong message. And so I really wanted to sort of intertwine my journey because I want people to relate to it. I want people to know they're not alone and that they can actually, you know, experience beautiful things. And because I'm all about adventure, I sort of entwine the adventure of life in it as well. 
So you go within and you find out what's going on, what's holding you back. And then as you start to go from that you know, wilting sort of heavy person, you start to open up and you start to sort of, if you think of a flower blossoming, that's what I like to liken it to. You're actually blossoming and thinking, wow, there's so much more to life than I thought there was. And that's, that's when my book starts That's a beautiful image to have in your head too, isn't it? Yeah, love it. Yeah. So why balance? Why that title? I think because I kept hearing all this work-life balance, you know, you got to have your work and your personal life and your relationships, your family all going in the right proportions and thinking that's garbage. That's all external. You're like walking on a tightrope, teetering along there, balancing these balls, you know, trying, you know, juggling them around. I think that doesn't work. You know, if one ball drops, what's going to happen to you? So I wanted to talk about balance as being inside, is the inner stuff. It's where you're grounded, you're centred. And you're really strong. And life throws us so many curveballs, so much chaos out there. Tell me. To be able, <laughs> exactly. So to be able to just have that inner balance where you're strong, you know you're centred, you believe in yourself, especially believe in yourself, that you can get through it because there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, that's what I wanted to write about balance from this perspective rather than from that whole work-life balance. I just want to challenge that concept. So what was it like writing the book then and really putting yourself out there? Because that would be a very vulnerable experience. It actually really was. I thought, oh, yeah, I can do this. And I've been taught by mentors, you know, be vulnerable, open up, stand for something. And I thought, yeah, I'm standing for something, but on a very quiet scale. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm standing for something, but it's, it's not so big. But I'm in the corner then, doing it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I thought, oh, I'm playing it small. So writing the book actually allowed me to play bigger, to actually go, right, here we are. Here's the book. And it's actually very cathartic because writing out your story is very different to thinking about you know your story. When you start to put it down, you get more clarity too. There's things I learned on this journey of writing the book. It's just amazing. I thought, oh, wow, I forgot about that. And yeah, oh, that's right. That is actually holding me back again. That same pattern. Let's get onto that. And because I am a coach, I can actually stop my patterns, you know, fairly quickly, which is why going on this bit of a personal development journey and addressing the things, being aware of what's going on for you can actually stop things in their tracks. So instead of going to the deep, dark depths of depression or whatever it is, you can actually stop yourself and go, right, I've had that emotion. I've gone through it. Let's move on. And what can I do from now? What's a pattern that you saw that came up as you were writing the book? I think it was every now and then I would go, oh, wow, do I want to tell people my story? Because I wanted to hide again. I wanted that mask to come back up again. I go, because I remember having a really, um, an issue, not so much being an alcoholic, but an issue with alcohol that I would numb the pain. Every afternoon I'd come home from work and I'd have some wine just to numb that pain so I wasn't feeling all those, you know, sad feelings that I was having. So things like that were going, oh, do I want people to know about that? Will they think of me less? And those type of patterns will come up again thinking, oh, I'm not good enough, you know, for people to listen to me. I thought, no, there are many, many women out there, many, many people who go through this that do have these issues that might be addicted to alcohol, might be addicted to shopping, to food, whatever it is. They take on something external to try and numb those feelings instead of actually addressing what's going on. So that was a little bit of a pattern I do see come up, but I actually think writing the book has just sort of blown that apart now. Yeah, it was there. You couldn't deny it anymore. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's right. And I do think alcohol is one that comes up quite a lot for a lot of people. 
Mm. A lot of people just say that it's just the wine after work, not realizing that the bottle of wine after work every night is not a good thing. No, that's right. I mean, it's that feeling that it gives us. It's not so much even the wine or whatever it is that they drink. It's a feeling of anticipation. Oh, I need to relax. So I need a wine to do that. Mm. Do you really? If you need to relax, are there other ways? Can you go and have a bubble bath? Can you go for a walk around the block? Can you just walk your dog, be with your animals, be with your children, whatever it is? You don't need to have that wine. But it took me a long time to realise that because it's a really, really easy thing to numb stuff. So you don't feel. But to be honest, when you numb everything, you might stop the lows, but you don't get the highs either. You don't get that beautiful joy each day. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a quote about that not long ago where if you numb the pain, you numb the joy. Yes. It's like life is meant to be extreme, the dualities and polarities of life. And I love that. It's like, yeah, yeah it hurts, but hey, there's some really good highs out there as well. Well, that's right. And I used to think, okay, if I can just make it all like this, I'll be okay. But I never felt anything. I never had that joy. I never did adventurous stuff. I never had fun in my life. It was just keep it keep it in the one line, you know, keep it serious, you know, and I'll be able to get through. It's no sort of life. So now I know I have great highs, but, and I expect the lows. Sometimes you do have a bad time, something will happen, but I know how to get it back up again. And that's the thing. You have the tools and strategies to get back up again. You, You can have the grief and still be able to ride through it, but just not keep wallowing in it. So how has your life changed then since going through this journey and blossoming yourself? <laughs> it's actually amazing. Like I turned 50 this year. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's just the things I look back on the last 10 years and think, wow, I have done so much. I have been able to, like, I like to run. I like to do fun runs. I like to raise money in the fun runs and I like to go hiking and I love adventure. I realize that's a major value for me. And when I talk adventure, sometimes people get a little bit scared going, oh, I'm not a risk taker. I don't like adrenaline rushes, but I don't mean that. It's meaning like every day I look forward to the day. I'm thinking, wow, what can I do today? What's going to happen today? You know, it's just that adventure thinking, wow, you know, you might plan the holiday, which is great because you've got that anticipation, but it's anticipation of each day. So now I'm just thinking, okay, I'm on. On a, on a video call here now with you talking to you that's exciting because that's different I don't know what's going to happen I didn't know what we were going to talk about but this is just a beautiful conversation and then tomorrow it might be something different I might run into somebody down the street you just don't know what's going to happen but I enjoy every moment that I can so have you left that cushy government job and are you out on your own now <laughs> I have definitely left that cushy job. I did about 18 months ago. I decided, no, I can't do this anymore. Let's rock on having it my own business because it was it was a silent dream of mine. I didn't realise that it would ever be a dream that I could, you know, make happen because it was something, no, everyone said I had to be stable in that government job and, you know, retire there and get great superannuation. But there's always something niggling at me thinking, I don't want to retire doing this. Who says I have to retire? And I've so now met so many beautiful women and men who don't want to retire. They don't want to just go, bang, here's a date, I'm no longer working. They want to do wonderful things, you know, blossoming right through their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And that's what I want to do. So I definitely have left that job with it. I've just felt it was a little bit toxic. <laughs> and it wasn't quite my people. But now that I've been out, I've been able to meet so many beautiful people all around the world. And I have got contacts all around the world now just to... You know, learning, when I have my own podcast, I talk to them about different things and everyone goes through the same stuff. You know, it's just amazing how the same stuff keeps coming up. doesn't matter where you are. Yep. 
it's a universal truth of who we are. We all experience the same thing regardless of where we live or who our family are. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So when it comes to courage, do you feel that your definition of courage has changed from when you first started on this journey to now? It definitely has. I felt at first courage was something I needed to wait for. And then when it showed up, I could do something. Then I learned, hmm, courage doesn't just turn up. It's like wishing and dreaming your life away. <laughs> you need to actually do something so courage can show up. So take a first step. Put yourself in the vicinity of something that you want so courage can be there. And so now I've taken that journey and now it's, it's really evolved into courage is that speaking from the heart. It's really, and I think Brene Brown actually talks about it too, about being vulnerable. It's being open. It's not telling all your dramas and, and that sort of stuff. It's being there as who you are and being that person that can actually go out, stand for something, you know, and, and be okay with that and, and think that it's, yeah, it's from my heart. This is who I truly am. It's not from my head where I think people, I'm not saying what people think I have to say. It's from my heart. It's who I truly am. And it's showing up in the front of the room, not standing in the corner. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's right. And a big thank you to our episode sponsor, 1000 Ripple Effect. A thousand stories creating healing ripples throughout the world and changing lives. Just go to a thousand ripple effects.com. If you are feeling stuck and overwhelmed right now and are struggling to find your courage, jump over to melies.com.au to claim your free personalized insights and discover the three things you need to know to reclaim confidence, joy and purpose in your life.